0: ...and giving as good as she gets in a verbal smackdown with Magatu. Justin Thoreau, who played a diabolical DJ in the original and is a co-writer of the new one, likens the Zoolander movies, which have a lighter satirical touch than, say, Robert Altman's Ready to Wear, to his experience with a Hollywood parody he helped write, Tropic Thunder. That's the beauty of this kind of satire, he said. People will say, I know exactly what kind of actor that is, or I've worked with models just like that, but they don't think they're actually the object of the ridicule. So it's a wonderful game of finger-pointing where no one really gets hurt and everybody gets to enjoy it. And the designers and models understand that poking a little fun at themselves can be good business in a globally interconnected culture. The Hollywood talent agency William Morris Endeavor in 2013 bought IMG, which owns, operates or represents 13 fashion weeks, including those in New York and Milan, and represents models like Carly Kloss and Miranda Kerr. The TV show Project Runway may not have discovered the next big designer, but it helped turbocharge Michael Kors' visibility and fortunes. And not too long before Winter put Stiller as Derek Zoolander on the cover of February's Vogue, alongside Penelope Cruz, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian received that honor. Who would have ever thought that would happen, said Hilfiger, who's used Beyonce, Kate Hudson, and Usher in his company's advertising and created campaigns that lovingly aped the Royal Tannenbaums. Instagram is the perfect vehicle for an image-driven industry, and today's supermodels are the ones with the biggest social media presences, where a self-deprecating tidbit about their personal lives resonates much more than their latest magazine cover. The creators and marketers of Zoolander 2 are milking those connections with abandon. To accompany the Paris premiere at the end of January, Cara Delevingne treated her more than 26 million Instagram followers to the highs and lows of her three-hour relationship with Derek. On January 31st, as the junket moved on to Rome, Derek and Hansel, clad in Valentino duds, appeared suddenly in the windows of the flagship Valentino store, synchronizing their changing poses about every ten seconds. Their lark was edited into a short music video and posted, of course, on Instagram. Stiller's production company, Red Hour, has been busy creating content for the peripheral characters in the movie, like a faux infomercial featuring Kristen Wiggs surgically enhanced designer, Alexanya Ataz, hawking her youth milk concoction made from desert flower cactus and distilled water from natural street puddles in Indonesia, because, as she says, when you look old, you feel sad. As of February 2nd, the infomercial has been viewed 11.5 million times, and Red Hour has created the Blue Steel Selfie Studio, so fans can share their version of Derek's signature pursed-lip-drawn-in-cheek stare. Stiller seems a bit baffled by the enduring popularity of Zoolander and its clueless leading characters. When the first movie came out, it wasn't really a hit, he said with a self-deprecating laugh. Released just a few weeks after September 11th, the movie took in little more than $45 million at the domestic box office. Yet its mix of slapstick silliness and gentle satire has given it a successful afterlife on DVD and streaming services. I really don't think I've ever been part of a movie that its fans had such a strong connection to it, Stiller said. They begged him for a sequel when he was promoting other movies, so it kind of spurred me to want to look into making it happen. Also prodding him was Brad Gray, who became Chairman and Chief Executive of Paramount Pictures in 2005. For the studio chieftain, Stiller represented a movie business anomaly, an American whose comedies travel well. Even though Zoolander did little business overseas, just $15.6 million, Gray was encouraged by the international success of his other films like the Night at the Museum series. Still it took another decade for Zoolander Two to start filming. There were matters of scheduling and a budget to hammer out, which ultimately came in at slightly more than $50 million, and finding a concept that could carry a 90-minute movie. An early draft set the sequel in Miami circa 2005, then a thriving fashion scene. But when Farrell, by then a leading man in his own right, wasn't quite ready to revisit Magatu, the project was put on the back burner. Then in 2009, Stiller, Thoreau, and John Hamburg hit upon what became the eventual scenario of Zoolander 2. Expanding Derek and Hansel's world, they set most of the movie in Europe and made Mugatu's revenge attempt...